Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is a really exciting episode of Home Study. There's a big announcement that we have to share with you, and uh, we're going to jump right in in just a second here. I just want to give you a heads up. The format is a little bit different. This was an episode that we put together. Uh, we're trying some new things out, some new equipment, and uh, just mixing some things here, so it won't sound like all our other episodes. Uh, but th- just know me and Kay are actually trying to podcast more together, and so over the next couple months, you're going to hear some changes in the format a little bit and changes in the equipment and uh, we'll get it all worked to perfection and if you have any comments on what you're hearing and you want us to know uh, be sure to just contact us through our website this is homesteady.com and help us work all this out so we can get it just right so you guys can keep enjoying this podcast and we can keep enjoying producing it okay ready for the big news biggest news you've ever heard on the homesteady show Let's dive right in and then stay tuned at the end because I'm going to come back and tell you just a couple things. So we have some really big news. You may have already heard if you watched Friday's YouTube video, uh, but if not, and this is the first time you're hearing this, our family is about to have a huge change in our life. For the first time since Austin and I have been married, we are moving out of state. Out of the state of Connecticut. It's the first time I've ever moved out of the state of Connecticut. The farthest I've ever moved was like 20 minutes north. So Austin will officially be a New Englander in Pennsylvania. We're going to Pennsylvania. We're going to be selling our homestead and headed to the hills of Western PA. We talked about this in a YouTube video recently, and you can check that video out. We'll have the link in the description for this episode. But for those of you who have not heard it yet, we are about to uproot our homestead. We're moving. We're selling the farm and moving to a bigger farm. We have been, this is going on our, we're going to be seven years here in Connecticut at this homestead. And we love this homestead. Uh, this just this last season we did a ton of work to the homestead we had no plans of leaving this homestead we just put an orchard in last year 
Uh, we installed an aquaponics wall in my office. We bought a cow. We put up fencing for the cow. We cleared pastures for the cow. We're seeding for the cow. We did a lot for a cow. <laughs> At the end of January, Kay's parents visited us and her dad was talking about how he's been maintaining this family farm for all these years. Uh, but, you know, he's getting a little bit older. He's got a lot on his plate already. He Be runs... careful when you say older. He's almost 60. Okay. So that's 60 is the new 30, right? I guess so. But, like, he's actually aging older. <laughs> I didn't say he was old. 60 isn't old. 60 is the new 30. I'm halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> but he wants to hand off some of the responsibility that he has. And so he was thinking about passing off the family farm. And he knew we love the farming thing, the homesteading thing. And so he asked us if we would be interested in taking over the family farm. This was not something we had ever considered before. Even though he's offered various times, he'd like us to be a little closer. We never thought we would do it. My work just it didn't make sense to do it. Uh, but now we're doing homesteady full-time. We're doing content creation, podcasting, uh, YouTube. And we realized there's nothing that's holding us here in Connecticut. And Connecticut is not, if you want to own a really big farm, Connecticut's not the place to do it. It's okay with like the size that we are, but we always wanted to grow. But land is really expensive in Connecticut and taxes per acre. So if you have a 100 acre farm in Connecticut, you know, well, I don't think you have a 100 acre farm in Connecticut. <laughs> so we realized there's nothing holding us in Connecticut. It's actually holding us back from doing more homesteading and more farming. And suddenly this offer showed up that we could, you know, that we could be owning and running a larger farm and it wouldn't affect my income. All it would affect was where we lived. For those reasons, we decided that now would be a good time to make the move. Yep, so this is the official announcement uh, for you podcast listeners. We're moving to Pennsylvania. And in this episode, we're going to answer some questions about where we're going, what the farm is like, and what you can expect from Homesteady as we continue forward. And will Austin become a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? Go Patriots. Ooh, I'm going to have to lose that. <laughs> We released a video on YouTube, like we mentioned, and we've already got a lot of questions about where we're going. So we're going to go through some of these questions that have been asked on the YouTube channel and also just you know fill in the blanks with other questions that we know you might have. Uh, so the first question, and we're going to let, uh, we're talking about the farm that Kay grew up on, so we're going to let her kind of take it from here. Nick asked, sounds like a great new adventure for you all around where in PA will you be ending up? It's where I grew up, southwestern PA, about an hour east of Pittsburgh. Very rural farm country. Coal mining country. Uh, what's it like when you when you look at the countryside there? What should people what would people picture? Soft rolling mountains. It's in the Laurel Highlands. R rivers running through. That's a movie, right? A river runs through it. That's mm -hmm. super cheesy. Um, lots of farms. What's your impression when you go there? How is it different than where we are now? Different from like the rolling hills of Connecticut? Yeah. It's a lot more rural. So the area that we're going to be in is 
much less people. There's no traffic anywhere. Austin's <laughs> looking forward to that. It's about a half an hour to Walmart. Yep. Half an hour to any big grocery store. Or- and even the nearest city is half hour half yeah. hour drive. So where we're going to be is it's very rural. It's very quiet. There is some there is a lot of industry in the area. Um, but yeah, just like you, there's no traffic ever. <laughs> it is coal mining. Like there are coal power plants. That's a lot of the industry in the area is coal. Yeah. The, as far as the countryside goes and what you'll see in the countryside, um, it's just, you know, beautiful green rolling hills. It's not very flat. Don't picture like middle of America, flat farmland. It's, it's hilly and Rolling Hills, I mean, that pretty much nails right? it. You, you summed it up. <laughs> I did. But I have to make a, at least a half hour out of this podcast. So <laughs> It's Rolling Hills. Um, but it's beautiful. It's green. There's really nice woods. It's good for... The land is good for hunting, good for growing, good pastures, good grass. So it's going to be a really beautiful place to set up a homestead. Speaking of a homestead, uh, Joe, Joe slash Clara. Clara, we're not sure which one, asks... How big is your current homestead, and how big will the farm be that we're moving to? Looking forward to watching the transition. We live on 10 acres now, and the farm we're moving on to is going to be 100 acres. So it's a big jump. When we say we're inheriting the family farm, uh, what the, the condition the family farm is in right now, uh, one half of that hillside that's owned by the entire family is actually being farmed livestock there's a lot of goats a lot of sheep uh, horses the half that we're moving on to has not been farmed in decades it's been maintained my father-in-law has a nice big tractor he's maintained the fields uh, but there's no livestock there's a nice big barn there and there have been some animals in the barn where you grew up i mean what did you guys have growing up there When I was 12 or 13, my dad decided to build a barn on the property. We hadn't had one until then. And he told me if if he bought me a horse, then I wouldn't be interested in boys, right? So he bought me a horse. We all see how that worked out. Well, it worked for a while. (laughs) (laughs) We had chickens in the barn, donkeys, horses, guineas, turkeys, pheasants. My mom... My dad, they they were always encouraging all of us to do whatever we wanted as far as animals and livestock. They had, yep, they had goats. So you you had growing up, you had livestock, but since you left, it's only been chickens? My mom has had chickens and guineas, turkeys since I left. Right, turkeys. Not not much else. Nothing in the fields or anything like that. So it's been a bit like a small scale homestead. They have a couple nice raised beds on the property. Um, this beautiful barn, uh, but it hasn't been actively farmed. So part of what's so exciting is we're going to be kind of starting from not the zero because there's an amazing barn and uh, an amazing garage and maintained fields, but we are going to be kind of turning it back into a farm. So that'll be really fun. Because those fields need work. Yeah. There's not been anything grown on them. Even, they, we couldn't even hay it for anything, right? No. One of the nicest things is there's already really good infrastructure there. The like the barn Kay talked about is much bigger than the barn we're currently working out of. There's how many stalls in that barn? Five. Five stalls and an entire hayloft above it. 
And then there's a really big garage on the property uh, with you know the tractor and the gator. Uh, so all this we'll be using to maintain the property. So we're going to be kind of scaling up as far as farming goes, uh, still homesteading, still doing a lot of things right there in the area around the house just to feed ourselves. But we'll also get to do a little bit more on a farm scale and cover a bit more for you who are looking to start the business side of things, be able to do a little bit more. And with 100 acres, there's plenty of room to work. Jared, our mushroom guru, said, get ready for some mushrooming. You may remember we interviewed the foraging beard in our mushrooming podcast, and Jared lives only about an hour from where we're going to be, so I'm definitely excited to share a little bit more on the foraging side. We'll be doing some meetups with Jared for sure this uh, upcoming mushroom seasons, which apparently is like nine months out of the year. Jared's always in the woods. (laughs) Andre asked, are you going to be able to hunt? Mushrooms aren't the only thing we're going to be hunting, Andre. I got a morel in the scope. I just need him to take one more step. Have you been waiting to make that joke? (laughs) No, I just thought of that. We are definitely going to be able to hunt. I've been hunting this property for... And he's been dying to be able to... What do you call that? Deer managing? Deer management. management. Deer management on this property. But because we've been up here working on our, our own homestead... We haven't been able to go down there to do anything with the property. There's a gorgeous field. It's on top of the very top of the hill, secluded. There's no houses around it. And I've hunted this field since I started hunting. It was the first time I ever saw a buck. It's the first time I ever missed a buck. And the second time you missed a buck. And And the the third third time time you missed a buck. (laughs) I've missed three gorgeous bucks out of that field. Finally, this last season, I was with my daughter and I actually was able to get a buck. You can see him. He is. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Oh, I can't. He looks like a doe. He looks like a doe. I'll get a shot of him when we're done. Gorgeous buck. Antlerless buck. I was actually able... So I've, I've taken one nice buck off the property. I usually have not had doe tags because I've been a non-resident in Pennsylvania and so I had to apply later than everybody else, and it's just been frustrating because it's such a great hunting property, but I've been kind of held back. So now, Andre, we're going to go in there. We're going to be able to manage the property for hunting and really learn about the property, watch you know, through game cameras and uh, just different scouting, really pay closer attention. It's going to be an awesome season for hunting. Most of the watching you've done for the deer is when my sister texts and says, Hey, there's like seven deer walking on my property. <laughs> <laughs> they walk right by her house. I should just like sit in the front in, porch. Yeah, sit in the front porch with my morning coffee and I'd be better off that way. A lot of people have asked us if we're taking any animals with us, especially Luna and Ladybug. First, the chickens. The, the chickens are the easiest animal to move. We in can, the freezer. 
Oh. I'm kidding. There are son's chickens, and he'll be a wreck if we kill his chickens. Yeah. So, yeah, we have to take them with us, the chickens. We can never... Those are never going to be soup birds. They're just going to get buried. They're going to have a funeral. (laughs) And whoever buys this house, the guineas can go with it if they want. Oh, happily. (laughs) Fortunately, there's a guinea flock waiting there of like 20 or 30s. That all go into the barn at night, her guineas. Yeah, so my mother-in-law is somehow like a guinea whisperer. She's trained the guineas to go into the barn at night. What is this black magic? (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have a flock of guineas that actually don't get killed every year. That'll be nice. You trying to get brownie points? Uh-huh. Got to get them brownie gob points. Gob points, I should Ooh, say. Ooh, yes. Going to be a lot more gob. We will bring... So we will bring the ducks with us, the chickens with us, the guineas with us. Um... And the dog and the cats with us. Uh, now, a lot of people are really worried we're not going to take the cows. Half the people are worried you're not going to take the cows, and the other half are worried you are because they want to buy that cow. They love that cow. So what's the deal with the cows? We'll be taking the cows. We, we looked too hard for her and have worked so hard with her. And she's such a nicely trained cow that I'm not going to sell her and try to find another one. So pretty much all the livestock are going to be going with us to this new farm. That's going to be some fun YouTube videos. If you're listening on the podcast and you don't watch the YouTube channel, we're doing a daily video and the upcoming couple months are going to be full of some funny, crazy videos. So get into the habit of when you go home at night, watch our YouTube channel whenever it works. The videos are about 10 minutes. They're worth it, (laughs) if I do say so. So I hope this answered a lot of the questions about where we're headed, where we're going. You might be wondering, we're moving, there's going to be a lot of work there. What can you expect from Homesteady as far as podcasts go, as far as videos go? So here we have some updates for you uh, to be excited about. First and foremost, as far as our video goes, we're currently doing a daily video for the 100 days. That goes through the month of March. That's not going to stop. Keep watching the daily videos, and we have no plans on stopping video production with Homesteady. We'll announce at the end of our 100-day series the frequency, but we're going to continue covering our life in transition to the next farm with video. So here on YouTube, still going to be videos. Stay subscribed. As far as our homestead here right now, we will be here until the summer, which means we're still going to have pigs, We are still going to be raising meat birds on a smaller scale than we've done it in the years past. Instead of 12 pigs this year, we'll do two. Instead of 75 meat birds, we're going to do 20. We will have a couple extra little cute surprises along the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be continuing to share this journey on the YouTube channel. We are going to be changing something about the podcast In the beginning, we launched this podcast and we covered our story. And then we got to the point where we kind of had told our story and it was either like, well, we got to stop podcasting because they know all the stuff we're doing 
or we can interview people. And we started doing the interviews, and there's been, for the last year or two, mostly other people's stories being shared on the Homesteady Show. Now that we're changing our entire homestead, starting a farm and a farm business from scratch, this is a really good chance to do what we didn't do when we started this homestead, and that is document the story for you of starting it from you know the very beginning, ground level. So we decided for the podcast for the next few months as we transition and kind of ramp things up over at our new farm, we want to focus on that story because a lot of you out there are homestead dreamers with a five-year plan or a 10-year plan to get to your homestead. And we thought sharing this story, we've already done it the wrong way. (laughs) We did all the mistakes on this homestead. We can now show in the next homestead with seven years of experience homesteading how to do it better. I feel like what we're moving on to is what a lot of homesteaders, future homesteaders, will be moving on to. There will be a barn. There will be a house. But we have to explore the local market. We have to figure out what our land needs. We have to do soil testing. We have to arrange the barn so it makes sense for us. There hasn't been a cow there ever being milked, so we have to build milking stanchion. We kind of have to make it ours. Even though the buildings are there already, we do have to personalize it to us. That's a great point. One of the biggest lessons we've learned from this homestead is not to have your ideas overrule the reality of where you are and what you should do. So maybe we love doing this thing, but when we get to our homestead, it doesn't make sense to do that, especially when it comes to the business. So maybe I love raising meat chickens, but if nobody's willing to pay the money that I need to charge for meat chickens, well, I shouldn't do that as a business. So instead of telling you today, we're going to go to this 100 acres and we're going to run beef, we don't actually know yet. We're going to go and test out the market and, like Kay said, observe what's there on the property. So we don't have a lot for you as far as what we're going to do when we get there other than we're going to observe and adapt in real time. That sounded super... Super interesting. We're going to observe and adapt. We're going to homestead. It's going to be fun. So as far as what to expect from the Homesteady podcast, it's going to continue for sure. It's going to be kind of a, a homestead farm diary of us starting back at the beginning and documenting this journey. You'll still be hearing Accountant Mike because he's going to help us on the business side of things get a, a new business going, a new farm business from scratch, a, the, a profitable one. I really want to run a farm business that doesn't make me go broke every year because I want to show you guys, because I want to be able to show you, hey, if you do this, it actually can work. So we'll have Accountant Mike on. Also, who else are we going to have a lot more of on the show? I don't know. Who else? I'm, am I you making propose, you go on? Are you proposing something to me right now? Will you join me? In the holy matrimony of podcasting. We're hoping to... um, We'll see. With this current setup, I've got a good setup here where we can both sit down, punch out a podcast in a half hour while the baby naps. So we're hoping to, every month, be able to get together, me and Kay, share that side of the story, and then Accountant Mike and me get together every month and document the business side. So we'll be covering our personal story and diary. Surely there'll be times it's just me. Sorry. Uh, but when we can catch a good baby nap, we'll be doing it together. And then when it's business time, Accountant Mike comes in 
And we really hope you enjoy following us on this second journey, doing it all over again. I wanted to see somebody said they were moving too. Okay. okay, you want me to read that? Yeah, go ahead. We were asked on YouTube by Amanda, I hope you'll share how you pack and move everything. We're planning to build this spring and packing a pantry with 1,500 canning jars, two huge chest freezers, plus two fridge slash freezer combos, tools, livestock, and all the various paraphernalia that goes along with that. Plus, we're planning to rent, oh man, this is crazy, a spade and move our fruit trees. Oh my. Just the thought is overwhelming. Yes, that is super overwhelming. Oh man, and now I feel like... And now you're thinking about everything we have to move. Oh Oh, yeah. So what do we have to move? We'll close out with this horrible list of things we have to move so so that Amanda doesn't feel alone. We have to move three, four... Four full chest freezers of meat. We're going to try to eat a lot of meat from now no, until but then. See, no, we're not, because I want to have it with us when we move. We're going to not eat a lot of meat. We're going to bring four chest freezers full of frozen chickens and pigs and cows and ducks. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We've got some gun safes, a couple Ooh. of gun safes. We have a couple two-ton feed bin, right? That's- yeah. One ton. It's a one, one ton a hopper. A one ton stainless steel hopper, feed hopper, that is enormous. And we have no machine to move it. We have all the livestock, the cows. Uh, we also have chicken tractors, uh, all the movable infrastructure, netting, fencing, fencing for children, yep. all their stuff. They have to come too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a ton of work. But... Someday it will be done. (laughs) And we hope you can join us on this kind of journey together, watching us transition, head head out on the Oregon Trail out west, like I always wanted to, but just won't make it that far. Thanks for joining us for this episode. This is really exciting. It's a little bit scary. We hope you'll enjoy taking the journey with us, uh, hearing the stories as we go. If you don't want to miss anything, podcasts, videos, Sign up to our email list. If you go to thisishomesteady.com, there's a button on the homepage. Click it, give us your email, and every Friday I send you all our latest podcasts and videos so you don't miss out on anything. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. So there it is. We have some really big plans ahead, and we're really excited to be sharing this journey with all of you here on the podcast. So as we said here, you can expect to hear more of me and Kay together sharing this story, and me and Accountant Mike will continue. Now, you might be wondering, if you're a long-time listener, not a new listener, you know that we're in the middle of a series about homestead business, and maybe you're wondering, what about that? What about that series? Well, we have one more interview that's already recorded that we're going to be sharing with you. And then the second half of that series, uh, you're going to see what we do with the second half. Me and Accountant Mike are going to work on that second half together. And so you'll be hearing that shortly. And I have another episode coming out soon with uh, an interview with not nothing to do with homestead business, uh, but a really fun interview with someone who's a large animal vet who's just got a great story, great personality. So you'll be hearing that episode. And then after that, uh, after you hear those two episodes, uh, we're going to be starting to convert the show 
into kind of the homesteady diary here, this journey uh, as we transition from this farm or this homestead uh, to the next bigger farm. And I really hope you enjoy joining this journey with us, kind of going through the ups and downs of starting from scratch again. It's going to be quite an exciting year, and we're just really excited you can be a part of it. So thanks for listening. If you like what we do, the best way you can support what we do is by heading over to thisishomesteady.com and becoming a pioneer. It's five bucks a month, and with that $5, you get access instantly to, I think right now there's over 20 new bonus podcast episodes. Um, instantly you can download them with just one click to your phone and then you got 20 new episodes of the podcast as well as additional classes discounts there's a members forum Uh, and of course if you can't be a pioneer but you still want to help out shop through our amsteady link www.amsteady.com it forwards you to amazon we get an affiliate bonus for sending you there and it doesn't cost you a penny extra so thank you guys for listening to this we wanted to get this out so you were updated along with our YouTube audience. And stay tuned for the upcoming episodes of the show. Until next time, remember, the road is rocky. Make home steady.